to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, guess who it is? It's your BFF Heavy D, Mr. Marcus Wing, Mr. Mr. Kenny Thompson, and guess what? We've even got a returning guest who I almost want to call like a part-time host because I feel like he's going to be on the show a lot, even though he did just recently start his own podcast. He's like trying to compete and beef with us, but it's whatever. Mr. Meat Curtain, Ham Wallet, <laughs> Pastrami Blanket. Falami. What? Pastrami Falami. Pastrami Falami. Uh, the Keaton. No, it's the muscle, right? It's, it's the Keaton. muscle. The muscle Keaton Hoskins. Listen, Keaton, thank you for being here. Hey. Thank you, I'm, I'm happy to have I'm happy to have you here. What people don't realize is they see all of us on the TV show and on social media, and they probably think like, "Oh, those guys got to work together, so they look like their buddies." No, we're real life pals. Like every single one of us around this table, we were just talking about uh, like some weird stuff that Kenny used to do with sh- shadow boxing, and like <laughs> I think Kenny spent a good seven years of his life with his top off shadow boxing in his basement. Like, he looked good when he did it. Well, he still looks good. <clears throat> That's the thing. Kenny is uh, Kenny's a very athletic individual. In fact, I got a nice workout with Kenny this morning in my gym. Uh, and I got to tell you guys about this. You guys know, I have a really hard time going out in public places, especially now when people want to talk to me and I don't have time to talk. That's weird. Listen, you never know that. Listen, there's a time and a place to be able to have conversations with people. I love being able to meet people at events and stuff like that. Like we hear some really cool stories. However, the problem is sometimes people don't quite understand like, okay, maybe right now isn't the right time to talk to Heavy D about my truck build or this or that. Like when you're trying to do like your thigh press or something and you don't bro, want to make eye contact. Maybe I've only got 25 minutes to go get a workout and then I got to go get on with the rest of my busy schedule. And so it's kind of frustrating to me sometimes. And so I kind of just, you know, I finally pulled the, the trigger, bit the bullet and got a bunch of gym equipment from uh, Force USA. They came to me and said, hey, we got some equipment. We want you to try it out. And I said, done, let's set it up. So we took a piece of the airplane hanger that I've got my helicopters and stuff in carved out a little corner, set up a bunch of machines, and wow. It's like the perfect uh, man land. I mean, it is ideal. But it is paradise because yeah. my, one of my biggest issues when it comes to working out is I want to be able to take my shirt off, okay? That's not because I feel like I'm big and macho and you know buff. I just want to see my performance and my gains. You have a better workout. When I have a, the, the mirror in front of me, is that not true? It's yeah. 100% true. But how often Absolutely. can you take your shirt off in a public gym? It's not okay. Well, I do it often, but it's Almost not okay. Never. Right, and you're always escorted out halfway Every through your workout. Every single time, and so I'm kicking and wor- screaming. Nothing worse than losing a good Six pump. Six months ago, I would have thought you guys were complete tools, but, but you I know agree now. with you now. Now yeah. you start working hard. I go straight home pumps. into the bathroom, and I take my shirt off Dude. to kind of flex out, see yeah. what I've been doing. You know what Listen, I mean? Listen, I'm telling you. So obviously, guys, this is a little different intro to the podcast, uh, because by now, you know who we are. And if you don't, you're getting a real intimate view of, uh, of who we are and what we do. Uh, obviously, this is called the Heavy Checklist Podcast. This podcast was developed to help not only you as the listener, but also help us as the hosts. Because as we sit here and discuss things that have helped us, you wouldn't believe so much of the stuff that we say that we actually felt and knew, but you never get a chance to vocalize it. Yeah. And so once you start talking about things, you're like, wow. I've always believed that. I've always felt that, but I didn't quite know it until I heard myself say it. So guys, I want you to know that there's a lot of power in us being able to speak to you. So uh, I kind of want to thank you as the listeners for giving us this outlet because that's a big deal. And the fact that people are actually continuing, the podcast is growing like crazy. And if it wasn't, it'd be harder. We'd be less motivated to do it, right? Like you don't just want to go out and record a podcast and have four people listen to it because the motivation is to do it for the masses. That's the purpose. Like none of us at this table do anything half-assed. None of us want to do anything just because. 
We all have a reason and a motive and a purpose, and we're highly motivated people. So I just want to, again, thank you as the listeners for supporting this project. This has been life-changing for all of us. Hopefully it's been life-changing for you as the listeners. Um, looking at one of my best friends, Mr. Marcus Wing here. Yes. Talk about life-changing. Six In fact, months, you, man, I want to get into that real months. quick. Yeah. Like part of tonight's show, we tonight's guys, just a little FYI, tonight's show is going to be a smorgasbord. If you don't know what that is. That's a huge buffet. It's uh, it's kind of a sampler. It's uh, yeah. It's, I think they have Jewish bar mitzvahs and stuff like that. It's uh, smorgasbord, that is? Yeah, I think smorgasbord... Am, I, a variety of sides. German. You're going to want to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's like a Jewish sampler plate at like a Jewish family gathering. Oh, that, that doesn't sound right. I feel, I feel like I might be wrong, but I also feel like I might be right. Anyways, the purpose is tonight, tough. tonight we're going to be all over the place. So bear with us. Just know that we do have a purpose in where we're going with this conversation tonight. Um, we do not, basically what I'm saying is that the format is going to be very loose and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it because we're going to be very candid with you. Um, but with that said, I want to talk about Mr. Marcus Wing for a minute because yeah. Marcus, uh, November 2018, you and I, we've been best friends since since we were 18. What's that been? Like, dude, we're going on 16, 17 years 17 of buddies. Years, yeah. Um, you're a different guy, obviously, now than you were 17 years ago. But what's crazy to me is that you're an actually significantly more different person now than you were six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. every single one of us here at the table knows you really well. Uh, muscle probably knows you the least out of all of us, but you still have a good relationship. We partied at Marshmallow in Vegas. Hardcore. That's right. That was cool. Um, so the reason why I'm bringing this up guys is because Marcus wing has always been the guy who, and I'm going to be candid. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to shoot I'm just, him straight, I, man. I, I, shoot yeah, me yeah. straight. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No, he's always been the guy that if I said, Two years ago, if I would have said, "Hey, man, I'm going to the Tony Robert Tony Robbins show," he'd laughed at me. He I said, "Who, who who's shit. Tony Robbins? That's dumb." Yeah. And and yeah. I don't think it was because he was he wasn't trying to like be mean or malicious. He just didn't understand or care for the personal development side of things because you had your thing, like you had your hobbies, and that was enough for you. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you still have your hobbies. You still have your, what you do and you love, but you've found that there is actually another layer. To your life that you never knew existed. So I always thought that I was just okay. I thought everything was good. I thought everything was fine. It was perfect, man. I had a bunch of motorcycles. I had a great family. I was living in a pretty cool spot. You know what I mean? I didn't see any real need for like development or personal From an outside anything. perspective, you had it made. Yeah. Like I mean, dirt bikes, I had a business. My wife, kids, like everything was just dialed. I could do whatever I want when I wanted. Yep. If I didn't want to work, I didn't have to work. But, uh, no, we started doing the podcast, and honestly, I just wanted to hang out with Dave, you know? Because we don't get to hang out. We don't, and I call you, and you're always busy, and, yep. you know, I've never wanted to work for you because I didn't want to be that guy that comes to you and says, hey, man, I want to work for you, but I want to spend time with you. So I was like, man, he wants to do a podcast? I, I'll, I'll do the you podcast. What, I got to give you some respect right there, and I want to also teach a little bit of a lesson. Keaton, this is, this is, this is going back to Marcus here in a minute, but I want to ask you first. How many people have come to you since you've become famous because of the show and you know we've become more high profile? How many people have crawled out of the woodwork now wanting to deal with you when they didn't want to deal with you in the past? I'll bet you, I, I actually had this conversation this morning at the gym and I'll bet you I get one to five messages, text messages, not like over the, like, hey, you don't know who I not am. strangers. This is like text messages and, and personal Facebook messages, like either one of two things, like, hey, uh, I need money. I want to work for you or, Hey man, um, can you do this, this, and this, and can you get me this, this, and this? Were these people hitting you up three to five years ago? Nope. 
Nope. Nowhere to be found. Nope. And yeah. so this is where I'm going with that conversation. Marcus and I have always been best buddies. You're best man at my wedding. Like yeah. just, just bros. When I started to, you know, really grow and the business started to grow, uh, it's not like you took a step back, but you almost did, but you did it in a respectful way because you did not want to in any way, shape or form be the guy that was more involved and more wanting to be my friend simply because I had a good thing going. I didn't want to hit you up for your boats or hit you up for, you know, your dirt bikes or hit you up for helicopter rides because right. for me, like the friendship was always number one. Right. I didn't ever want to do business because I never wanted there even to be a possibility of us like, you know, damaging our friendship no over a little bit of money because I'm not money motivated. No. I'm not money motivated at all. I'm, like, I'm motivated by what money does for me. Yeah. And money does things for me that are really, really hard to get otherwise. For example, uh, last week or two weeks ago, we were down in Orlando, Florida. My wife, my kids, my family, Keaton and his, his girl and, and Dave's family, we spent a day wandering around a place called uh, Discovery Cove. SeaWorld owns it. It's like a private island in the middle of Orlando. It looked awesome. Amazing experience. I couldn't have done that if I didn't have the financial wherewithal For to sure. be able to like just go do that well, kind you know, of stuff. You know what I remember too? You, you, we were walking back and you look at me and you're like, this is why I want 100%. to make money. For this exact reason. And right I, I'm not saying making money's bad. I've just always been like, my priorities have always been like, family and friends. And then I make my money my own way to where it can't damage anybody. Right. You know what I mean? But, uh, with the podcast thing, it made sense. It fits, you know what I mean? It's you what didn't I know do. what to expect. I didn't really know. I knew what I wanted to cover and talk about because yeah. I've been in the personal development stuff longer, obviously probably thanks to Kenny in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, my parents raised me thinking some of that stuff, but Kenny really made it normal for me. He made it okay. Once, once somebody that you respect and trust, normalizes something that could potentially be weird, everything changes. That's like this whole podcast. Exactly. Because if, if from an outside yeah. pr perspective, you like starting this, I was like, this is going to be weird, but I get to hang out with Dave and right. my friends and it's going to, you know, it'll be fun that way. And but, maybe you'll just crack some jokes. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't, I think I've told this on one of the episodes. I was really concerned that you were going to get in here and just and, make fun and of it. Crack jokes at everything that we said. Yeah. That was like, dude, when I shared my positive affirmations tape with the Enya playing in the background, a year ago, you would have laughed me out of the room. Probably, yeah. And, and not in a malicious way, just like no, a, just because like I a, didn't dude, understand that's, it. That's silly. Like I don't get that. Like whatever. But yeah, the, what I really want to like focus in on right now is um, vision board. So yeah. <laughs> so a lot of listeners yeah. are just like you. A lot of people that even haven't even found this podcast yet are just like you. They do not understand that this world of like goal setting and actually taking these small steps can turn into actual wealth and success and prosperity and talking about wealth and prosperity, dude, you have not been able to buy a house for you. Well, yeah, let's, let's put it in perspective in the past six months since we've started my business. And I, and I use it, I don't like to get into like specifics, but almost doubled. You know what hey, I mean? Remind me to write you a check for the Academy, by the way. Well, before you leave tonight. Yeah. We'll we're a mile later. But that I, I want to explain to people that like we have a business relationship, but it, it works because we respect, there's like, we have boundaries. You know what I do good. I know what you do good. And you say, hey, hey, if you can use me and I could do a good job, it's great. Keaton you know and I, I mean? just had this conversation today. Keaton and I are always very careful. Everybody at the table, I'm very careful to do business with. And it's not because I don't trust. It's because I don't, you no don't amount of money damage. is worth damaging a relationship yeah. at all. And so it's always like this fine line of like, okay, let's handle this. Like I'm going to treat a deal with Keaton 
probably more strictly than I would treat a deal with a complete stranger. And the reason is I want to make sure that nothing could potentially go wrong For sure. because we've all been there. Yeah. You have these disputes with your friends over money and business and all that kind of stuff. It's just not worth it. Yeah. It's not worth it. There's enough money to be had that you don't have to damage relationships. So with that said, obviously- um, Business has doubled. Yeah. I've lost 33 pounds. 33 pounds. 33 pounds. And and I don't want to like brag, but I feel damn good about myself. Like looking in the mirror, I used to look and I'm like, man, I'm going to be a fat old man is completely out of shape and is not doing his hobbies because he doesn't feel good. I used to make excuses like, oh, my knee hurts because my knee surgery and now I can't do this. Bro, and six now, months ago, you were posting stories on your Instagram of you with buck teeth and dragging your leg around and you were being funny and playful, yeah. but you weren't motivating anybody. No. It was more or less kind of like laughing at yourself in a lot of ways. That doesn't happen anymore. I feel damn like, like and I, I've, I've realized through this podcast, it's okay to feel that way. Right. Like before, I'm like, no, nah, I, even if I, if I did something good, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to like, I don't want to be that guy. But, you know, it's okay to be that guy. It's yeah. okay to see what you're doing and be like, look, if I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who can do this, it's like anybody can do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Because so, you were the most skeptical. I was sure. I, if there was a scale from one to 10, 10 the most skeptical. You were probably at a solid nine for sure before we started this stuff. And so I know there's listeners out there that may be on the fence. You may be in the middle. You may be closer to the end of that spectrum. Just know that you're dealing and listening to somebody who's actually implementing what we're teaching here. And dude, you are in a completely different place. I want to tell a story about your wife, Heidi. Love Heidi. I've known Heidi yeah. since, dude, I was there the day you She's met her. She's way better than me. Heidi's way better than you. She's you actually got her, her number before I did. I did. Yeah. And then, uh, she yeah. Had gas. She had gas? No, you're a jackass. <laughs> oh, I thought you said she no. had gas. No, Heidi's a beautiful girl. I love Heidi. But Heidi and I... Um, you know, just like you and I, we, we didn't talk for like, we, the way a lot of my relationships are is I'll talk to somebody once every six months, if you're a close friend of mine and yeah. we can pick up right where we left off. And so that's kind of where we were, but your wife and I have not had a real serious conversation, dude, probably in four or five years at the Academy last weekend or, you know, in Vegas, she came down and she pulled me aside and she's like, Dave, I want to talk to you. Like, what's up? This is what is she going to yell at me? Like anytime somebody's wife she says could. that she's, to you. She's pretty oh, vicious. That's the thing about Heidi. She wear, yeah. she like no filter Nothing. at all. She goes, I just want you to know that like what you guys are doing has changed Marcus's life. I'm like, really? That's good. And I thought she was just being like friendly. She's like, no, Dave, like he's a different husband. He's a different dad. He's a different businessman. He's happy. He's healthy. He's freaking ripped. He's getting muscles. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, <sighs> Okay. Yeah. That, but hearing it from your wife, somebody who sees the good, bad, and the ugly, yeah. to sit there and like talk about it made me realize like, man, like this is really working. It's working with me. It's working with all of us who are involved Absolutely. here. I just feel like you're probably the most drastic transformation. I, what did I tell you? I had one item on my vision board that was like my sole focus. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, your house. Dude, we moved to this house to rented it because I got injured. We sold our house. Getting a... a alone as a self-employed person is a hard thing to do sometimes, yep. you know what I mean? And so we came to this house and rented it and it's in the most beautiful spot in Utah. It's just surrounded by mountains. There's no houses behind us. It's all horse property. And I like, dude, that was it. That's all I wanted. Six months ago, it seems so far out of like, you know, reach my landlords who I'm renting from. I say, Hey, I want to buy the house. They say, no, Hey, I want to buy the house. No. Then all of a sudden I put this thing on my vision board. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I'm going to buy this house. Six months later, you know, as of Monday, now I own the house. It's did, mine. Did you have a vision board in December of that or 
November 2018? No. Did you know what a vision board was? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, you hear no. about them here and there. Yeah, but I, I had no, like, I couldn't explain it to you. So uh, if you guys haven't heard what our vision board podcast is about, do you have a vision board, Keaton? Yep. So our vision board podcast, I think we talked about number one, like pod first episode, because for me, it, it is like ground zero to getting what the hell you want. So I've had a vision board for a long time. I've had multiple vision boards that I continue adding on to. And guys, this is no joke. Vision boards are now basically like a, for me, it's like a waiting list. It's almost like magic, dude. It is magic. Yeah, and that's like, the only way to put it. Straight up, dude. But like I don't, a lot, dude, a lot of people hear magic and they're like, okay, now I'm not listening yeah, to anything no, else you have on. to say. Let me tell Take you this. It into context. All it is, all a vision board does is it reminds you of what you want. And then if you take it a step further and start to visualize and feel the emotions of what that item could bring you, then you start living as if you actually had that item. When you start broadcasting those emotions and that energy and that frequency into the universe, it's not just, it's not doing nothing. <laughs> that shit's actually happening. It's just like, who got a phone call today? Anybody get a phone call on their phone, on their cell phone? How did, you, how did the call come through? Did you see the radio wavelengths come through? No. No. You can't see that shit. You don't see like things being broadcasted through certain frequencies through the air. But when you live and you feel and you see these things, you're broadcasting the same frequencies out from your body to what you want and things start coming to you much quicker, much more aggressively. And day one, the vision board is going to be like, you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, okay, uh, this is weird. Like, cool. It's a list of things that I want. It's my Christmas list. Not true. It is not your Christmas list. It is not a wish list. Your vision board has to be something that you religiously believe is going to happen. And even if you don't know how it's going to happen, that's the hardest part about a vision board. Because when you put something on there, like a house, for example, Marcus, you're like- Six months ago, they swore they wouldn't sell to us. Dude. Do you know what I'm saying? The bank swore they wouldn't give you a loan. I was in no position to, to qualify for a loan at all. You know? So- it's just, guys, if you don't believe anything else on this podcast, just believe Marcus's story of he took a very simple route. He said, I want a house. I want this specific house. It's on my board. I'm going to get it. The odds were stacked against you in every way possible. If you would ask me six months ago if I could own this house and that it would be mine, I probably would have not thought it possible. No, you know what I, mean? I yeah, wouldn't either. You know what? The, here's the thing, though, because I, I 100% agree. In fact, listening to Rob, Rob and I talk, and Rob's like, if I put it on the board, it's just like you said, it's a waiting list. Right. Sometimes I don't even put things on my vision board because I'm like, I'm just not ready for that to come true. 100%. But this is the big piece that I think people miss. I think it's great to sit down and put a vision board up, but you sit down and put a vision board up, and then you wander away, and you never put the work in. Uh-huh. The point that needs to be made is that your your actions and your energy and your work has to match that vision board. Like, hey, dude, I want I want to go to the park today. That's on my vision board. Okay, I'm going to fall asleep. How am I going to get there? It's not going to happen. Right. Like, Marcus has actively been doing and putting in work that may not have anything to do with the house. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. Let's focus on that for a second, though, because... I don't want people to think like, okay, I got a beautiful house on my vision board. Now I got to do work to go get it. And you start focusing on like, yes, ah, do I go get my taxes done? What do I do to get a loan? Like, stop. Do not focus on the specifics. Just know that if you're not doing anything, you're not moving ahead. You have to do, you have to do anything. Yes. Just go do like, (laughs) like Marcus is probably, I mean, I don't, he's probably, you say your business has doubled, but that, that is tied into work. Like you're now doing twice as much work. Like, so you, you put up on this vision board, like, this is what I want. And then in your mind, 
You have to say, that's what I'm going to do and then go do it. And even if it means that you're not going to go out and go buy the house, you're going to do work. And that's going to, in some way, tie to the fact that now you own the house you put on the vision board. I think that it also keeps you accountable too. It's like, dude, I, before I was like, it'd be nice to buy this house. Yeah, I'd like to buy it someday. Dude, when I put that on the vision board, I'm like, okay, I got to do everything I possibly can now to make that happen. Here's the best you know? way. Here's I, the best way to do it. Take a look at what you want on your vision board. Uh, you know, having one item on there, I think is is underachieving. Now, obviously, you needed to get a feel for it and get to the point where you knew that it could work. I'm already started, and you're starting one. to build on it. But what you have to do is just basically every single day. Take a look at your board in the morning, okay? Take the time to do this. Take the five, 10 minutes. Well, I don't care how long you do it. Look at everything on your vision board and then figure out what is the one thing you're gonna do that day to at least target one of those items on your vision board. Just do it before the end of the day. If that means that you have to just go freaking uh, drive by the house that you want and maybe spend a little time looking at it, that's fine. But take those steps because those steps are going to start becoming bigger things and you're going to start stacking the money in the bank. You're going to start getting closer. But if you don't do something every day towards what you want, you'll find that it's really easy to go three, four, five days a week, two weeks, three weeks without doing anything, working towards your goals. And then all of a sudden, what could have been done in six months like you did with your house yeah. is now going to take you six years. You may still get it, but it's going to slow the process down. You have to be actively broadcasting those frequencies and those wavelengths and that positive energy in the direction where you want it. And they don't have to be big steps, guys. These can be just small things that you do because the small things that are all of a sudden going to like one day be like, oh, wait a minute. Like now I know what I need to do because you did this series of small little things to be able to get you to that point where you made yeah. that big decision, where you made that money. So I just can't emphasize enough. And this is one thing that I really admire about Keaton. Um, Keaton's the muscle, by the way. I, I have a hard time. Yeah, I call him Keaton. His stage name, real name, back and forth. Um, you, just, you just work. But you, you work harder than anybody in this room. You work around the clock. It's like you don't get tired. I, it blows me away because... And, and I'm not, not talking about like out with a shovel, just throwing dirt around because manual labor is probably your least, the least, <laughs> favorite. the least strong. I mean, you could do it, but you don't enjoy it. No. When I say work, I mean, you're constantly hustling. I told you, I told Keaton two days ago or yesterday, I said, Hey man, you mind throwing up a post about, uh, the six by six trucks that we're building. Just so you guys know, I'm really, really excited about that. I feel like I'm becoming a new vehicle manufacturer because we have this assembly line where we can build like game-changing six-by-six trucks in a month. So I said, hey, Keaton, you mind throwing a post up just to see if you don't get any interest? Because for some reason, something about his page and his influence, people take him very seriously. And he can close deals that nobody else can. Dude, today he's like, yeah, I got a guy coming in tomorrow to buy a truck. I'm like, what? They're $250,000 trucks. How do you like, it takes me like a month to talk people into like feeling comfortable with this. He's like, yeah, he's gonna be here tomorrow, give a deposit. It, you, just, you just hustle nonstop. So if there's one thing that people can learn from you, just do what you do and go hustle. Just stay busy, stay working. Like, dude, I see you take those uncomfortable phone calls and those awkward texts and you have those conversations with people that aren't necessarily always fun. But dude, you're digging through your DMs because you know that as you do that, it's just a numbers game. I'm 100%. For like 100 thing, DMs you read that are, yeah. that are shitty, you're going to get that one where it's like, this is a good deal. And that's why people message me because they know I, I usually message back. But the thing is, this is why I was talking about the the vision board and like, you have to put in the work. Like if my vision board was small, I, I wouldn't put in that much work, but mine's huge and right. mine's the same thing. It's a waiting game. But you know, for me, I don't necessarily know if I need a vision board 
anymore because my mind has now become a like a vision board. And I honestly think, and I don't know Marcus as well as I know Kenny and Dave, but I know that Kenny and Dave have the same mind I do. And it's when you put something in that, that you want, your mind will not stop going back to wanting and getting that and doing whatever you have to do to get it. Like if, you know, it's funny, we're Kenny and I are talking about the uh, flyboard, you know, and we put it in our head, whatever, however long ago that we wanted one. And now we're like, all right, now we have one. What do we got to do? How do we get this? What do we do? Like, that's the way your mind works. It's like you have that vision board in front of your mind 24 seven until you literally check it off because it's in your possession. And I know Dave's like this a lot. Like he'll, he'll come to me and be like, dude, I love this truck. Boom, 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 list off everything. And then he'll do a million things. He'll put off everything like even sleeping or hanging out with his family until he has it. And then the second he has it, it's almost like you see him go, next <sighs> okay next yeah and, and not that not that he's not grateful for it and not that even you right. kenny you're not grateful yeah. for it but you're like okay my vision board is now complete next thing and what? your mind like we're literally wired that roll way like that. yeah mean, the guys i work with if i start a conversation with so listen i've been thinking or i had this idea they like sit down they buckle up they know what's coming next and i think that the vision board for a lot of people is something that it it sort of just gets things in motion dave said you know you take these steps right if you visualize, you know how, how important visualizing is, right? That's why athletes do it. Um, but I visualize before meetings. I visualize in the morning what my day is going to consist of because I have fallen into slumps. I mean, I, I literally have studied goals and setting goals for years and years. My first, uh, we called them dream boards. I was 12. I did a dream board, vision board now. Um, but, you know, I love goals. I'm so goal-oriented you know, oriented and focused but I did fall into a slump where all of a sudden life started to dictate my day. And it wasn't until right before we started doing this podcast. And I think it was because we were talking about these things. We are like-minded in the fact that if we focus on something, that is where energy goes. And when energy goes towards something, you know, Dave's talking about, you can't see the waves from your phone and you can't necessarily see the energy. Come. There are actual tools that can measure your brain frequency, the energy. So it is a scientific thing. But the other thing is, is I was telling my kids this story last night. Um, so picture like a Ninja Warrior course, okay? And let's say you got the top five people. Well, what if you stuck underneath where they're gonna fall? Somebody's biggest fears, okay? Like a rabid dog or snakes or these different things. And then you tell the competitor, okay, go. Well, people who focus on those snakes and the dogs and things they could fall into, they likely will fall or they'll have a slower time. But if they're focused on the end goal, right? Achieving where they're looking to go and they stay focused on that, it doesn't matter if they're falling into water or the snakes. They're, if they're that focused on where they're trying to go, the obstacles don't matter. Sure, they exist. Sure, they're there, but they're not focused on them, right? Like the best basketball players, they don't focus on the defender. They focus on making that goal, making that basket. And so I think there's something to be said about setting aside the fears and like Dave said, don't worry about how you're going to get it. You don't have to know how. That's the beauty of it. That is one of my favorite takeaways from an audiobook I used to listen to all the time. But it says, look, write down your goals, write down the things you want, put them in motion. Don't worry about how. You don't have to figure that out. You know, the, the other saying is, is look, are you going to uh, study the roots of a tree or are you going to walk up and pick the fruits? Do you really have to understand how that fruit was born? Just know that that can be, I think, to certain people who don't operate on this wavelength yet. I know you're going to get there. Listen, if you're listening to this, 
you are going to get there. Absolutely. But I want to simplify this for you a little bit. When people say, don't worry about the how, when I first heard that and I didn't quite understand like what was next, I was like, well, then how the hell am I going to get what I want? What like, don't tell me, don't worry about the how, because I obviously have to do something. I'm an action person. Start with small house. Okay? Yeah. That's what I like, like I was just saying, like, if there's a house that you want, go drive by it and spend 10 minutes parked in front of it. Just looking at it, go to the Ferrari dealership and just take a look at the car. That is how, because those things I'll tell you, I'll give you a great example. All right. This is the, the best way to put it. Um, I love helicopters. I love freaking helicopters. You guys, this is no secret. Um, I put a helicopter on my vision board 2014. Um, you got to realize that I didn't have much money in 2014. I didn't have a ton of money in 2015. I didn't have a ton of money in 2016. Like I was starting to like each year I started making more money. Helicopters about 450 grand. That's to get started. Okay. I had no, like, dude, I still owed money on my house. I had a bunch of car payments. Like I wasn't in bad shape, but I was nowhere near. I could go buy a helicopter. Okay. I started spending time here at the local airport. I would just come down to the hangars and see some of the helicopters. And I would just sit there and look at them. And I would look at the door handles and I would look at the controls and I'd say, what would it feel like if I opened that door and hit that start button? Like I started actually like trying to like, without damaging property and being a creeper, I would go around these things and like get myself familiar with it. I would almost do basically what's called a pre-flight inspection. Pre-flight inspection is basically where you walk around the helicopter, check everything out, make sure you're safe. You get in, then you go fly. <laughs> I was doing pre-flight inspections on helicopters that weren't mine. I got permission from the owners. They loved it. It was cool, whatever. That was happening in about 2015. 2016 rolls around. I see a helicopter pop up online and uh, I see the words, my favorite words in the world, owner financing. Yeah. And I'm like, owner financing on a helicopter? Like, just so you know, aviation financing is the most difficult thing in the entire world. You're better off freaking going and starting your own gold mine. Aviation financing is really hard. So I see this deal. Guy in uh, Virginia, I call him immediately. He's asking 450 grand for this Jet Ranger. And I'm like, I don't have 450 grand but I, I got some money. I can give him a little bit of down payment and I'll just see if this dude's working the work a deal. Like when he was talking owner financing, I was thinking like he was going to try to get paid off in three months. Like I'll, I'll, I'll extend the closing call him up. I'm like, Hey, listen, Mark, I really want your helicopter. Um, he's like, okay, you're a pilot. I'm like, no, not yet. He's like, okay, who's going to fly it? I'm like, well, I am. He's like, oh, how you can do that? You got to, you, you learn how to fly. I'm like, yeah, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll learn how to fly. That's fine. I was like, I want your helicopter. I'm going to buy your helicopter. Um, I know you're willing to work a finance deal on it. And he's like, well, really, I just want like a couple big payments. And I'm like, well, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make you a, a significant down payment. Um, and I just talked with you about this the other day. I'm going to give you a full price offer for your helicopter. I'm not going to nickel and dime you at all. And I said, let me make you monthly payments um, for five years. And then we'll just pay it off. And he's like, oh, dude, I don't know. But yeah, that would be nice to get full price offer. I'm like, dude, I got stellar credit. Excellent payment history. Just let's just let's make a deal. 30 minutes later, call me back. He's like, you got a deal. I was like, holy shit, I just bought a helicopter. I didn't even have a, like, my house was worth less than the helicopter. Maybe it was a little ambitious, maybe not, but I went no, in. I love this. So you didn't, you didn't have a how, you had a willing participant, a seller, and then you had a willing mind and you guys figured it out. I got out. creative. I just yeah, started creative. throwing stuff out there saying, all right, will this work? Will that work? Will this work? And finally, we ended up on a deal. I flew down to Tennessee, bought the helicopter, flew it home, paid it off within like, the original deal was five years. I paid it off on like, a year. Um, and now that helicopter I own free and clear and it's up working on a farm with my buddy Ryan in Washington. And now I own three helicopters. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because I knew 
that I had to have that helicopter. I got to the point where it was painful. I couldn't sleep at night. I got to the point where I felt like I was letting myself down if I didn't go Dude. get that. So it, it became so passionate for me that I was going to do whatever it took. Was I irresponsible in the way that I bought it? Some people may say yes. Some people may say no. I don't feel like I was because I had a very clear plan on how to pay this man. I structured the deal to where my worst case scenario, I would have enough money to make those monthly payments and I bought it. So guys, it works so much quicker than you could ever possibly imagine. So back to Marcus and your story, the vision board uh, side of it, you know, getting a new house, that's just the first step. Dude, look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. Like I want everybody to stop what you're doing actually right now, if you're listening to this and go follow at big Marcus wing on Instagram, because you'll be able to see the transformation. Scroll back a year into his page yeah. and look at who he was. Then look at who he is now. You're 30 pounds lighter. You've got muscles that I didn't even know you had before. Dude, right. I'll be honest I with didn't you. didn't have them. I had, Just, kind, I had kind of written you off health wise because every time I talked to you, right. you had a broken something. Well, and I was always blaming it, you know, like, oh, I can't do this because yeah. I hurt this. And what I did realize was I just wasn't strengthening the muscles where my injuries were. Right. And now, man, it's like I used to hate to do legs. I could barely bend my knee. And now my knee feels great. I'm running. Dude, how, I e never how thought easy I could is it run, though? How easy know? is it for you to say, I'm not going to go to the gym and run because I've got a bad knee. Yeah. Like, listen, everybody, it. I've got a bad knee. I don't have to go run. This is my yep. out. This is my yep. excuse. I, I, I can't do that because, you know, of my foot injury and, and, and it just hurts too bad. But right. dude, I changed my mentality to think like, oh, it's, it's not bad. I just have to strengthen it. And now I feel strong and I'm doing things like I never, ever felt comfortable doing. You know Marcus, what I mean? I got to tell you, dude. I know you've always kind of held yourself in a certain manner. You've always carried yourself very well. I'm very well, punk rock. But, but yeah, but you yeah. present yourself, um, you know, in a confident way. Um, but I have to say that the last couple months that I've, you know, been seeing these changes and stuff, I've noticed the way you carry yourself, the way you walk into a room, it is different. I'm not saying that it's necessarily way better than the other way because yeah. you you've always been good at it. But there is a, there's a pep in your step that if people know you, they know that right now you're, you're inspiring others and you're motivating yourself as well as other people. You may not know it yet, but you're absolutely um, driving others to want to do the same thing. That change, it's 100% it's uh, contagious. I just think if you can paint the picture that I was a knucklehead and I could do it, like frankly, anyone listening can, you know? You can't write yourself off and the bum knee deal and say, hey, you know, I can't do it because I have a bum knee or oh, I can't do it because of this. I mean, everybody's everybody's capable. You know what I mean? I'm going to pull up a scripture here um, about the weaknesses becoming strengths because- Ether 1227. That's exactly right. Um, so for those of you who are listening and you don't know this, uh, every single one of us here at the table, we belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, aka we're the Mormons. Uh, we don't use that term as much anymore simply because it kind of, it doesn't do the church justice. It doesn't do what we believe in justice because when you hear Mormons, sounds like we believe in some guy named Mormon. That's not the. That's not it. We believe in Jesus Christ. So, not to get too religious on you, please don't understand. Please don't feel like I'm trying to shove gospel down your throat. But in our church, we believe in the Bible, just like everybody else, every other Christian in the world. We also have another book of scripture that's called the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is not a book that was handwritten by some random dude trying to recreate scriptures. Basically, the Book of Mormon. Best way to look at it is uh, during the time of the Bible, over in you know the continent of Europe and Asia and the Middle East and all that stuff. It's where the Bible was written. Well, guess what? In that time, there was other parts of the world. Am I right? Like, how about Americas, North America, South America? So there was all these different groups of people living uh, in different parts of the world. 
we happen to be uh, we happen to have access to some of those scriptures that were written in the Americas during the time of basically the Bible, uh, and that's what's called the Book of Mormon. So to help you guys understand, it is not a book that was written by the LDS Church. It is old records, just like the Bible was, that were written you know on on basically plates of brass, and we have now this book to be able to study and understand what was happening in different parts of the world and different you know religions. So there's a there's a scripture. Um, okay, and it's in a book called Ether, and it's in chapter 12, verse 27. And please don't tune out just because we're talking about Mormon stuff, guys. This is not, I'm not trying to compare. Hold on, let me see stuff. if I have it memorized. Yeah. So, actually, I bet you do because you memorize everything. I, well, I memorized the Bible. Ether 12, 27. If you get My a chance to get your scripture. hands on a Book of Mormon, you can download the Book of Mormon app. If Even if you're not LDS, download it. There's some good stuff in there, but listen to this. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace, is that right? No. I, and if men, if men come unto and, me. And men come unto me. I will show. I will show unto them their weakness. I give. I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me and show faith. In me. In me. Then. Then, may, then I shall make Weak things become strong unto them. Nice, dude. Nice. Oh, wow, dude. That's Got really, it. really impressive. There, there, there you go. go. Dude, so that's one thing about Keaton that a lot of people don't know. The dude is actually really smart. He looks dumb. He's Very smart. Very dumb. You memorize the whole Bible on your mission. The whole Bible. So, um, guys, like I said, not trying to get too religious on you, but this is a very, the principle here is amazing. What it says is if you have a weakness and you, Whatever, whoever your God is, we may have, you know, Muslims, Hindus, we have all kinds of people listening to the podcast. Whoever it is, even if you don't have a God, just go to yourself. Be humble about your weakness, acknowledge your weakness, own it, realize that you potentially need help. And it says right here, the grace of God is sufficient that he will then turn your weaknesses into strengths. So Marcus, that's pretty much exactly what you did, like to a T. You took your freaking bum foot and your bum knee and your bum whatever else you had, and you're like, nah, look, this these aren't going to be weak This anymore. is embarrassing, but I couldn't even do like 10 standing air squats, you know? Why? Just because your knee hurt so because bad? Because my didn't knee have the muscle. would hurt, and, and, and frankly, the atrophy was atrophy. so bad in my leg that I didn't have the muscle to support it. But now, I mean, it's not huge, but I could do squats with 45s and 35s on them. For me, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's great, too. You know what I mean? And so, and so it's, it's been really good. I have a question, and then I want to circle back to this. But yeah. So the saying is, is if you want to change your mind, you got to change your physiology. Yeah. Is that, has that been true to you? Like my mentality? Well, what is phys- I, I don't physiology know what physiology f- means. Is your body. Your, your physical. Your physical body. To change your mind, you have to change your body. So I always used to think, man, I'm a boxer. I go to the boxing gym, and that's what I do. And I hated lifting weights. And now if I miss a day lifting, it's not like I don't feel good about it. It's like my mentality. I don't feel like I'm as focused. Sure. I don't feel like I'm as like motivated. Like We'll go, we'll go home from this, and I'm going to go home probably like 10 o'clock-ish. I'm going to slam some pre-workout. I'm going to go to the gym for two hours and then I'm going to be up till three or four in the morning because I'm wired on pre-workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if I don't do that, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. Yeah. And so for me, the gym, it's been awesome to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, dude, I feel good about myself. You know, like I'm stoked on how I looked. I've lost my gut, but more so like it's the mental side of it, like where it's affecting everything. It's connected. Your yeah. body and your mind are connected. And if you change your physiology, your mind will change. But the thing, that, the thing that I wanted to tie in, at least what you're sharing, listen, this isn't a gospel podcast or anything, but here's the reality. 
we all believe that God is our father and that he created us. And the reality is about a vision board is that if we believe that we were created by God, that we can one day be like him. And the truth is, is that if we can visualize it, we can do it. So if I create a vision board and I tell the world and everyone around me what I want to create, I can create it. There is no doubt in my mind that anybody at any time as a child of God can create whatever it is that they want to create. At some point, God created us and wanted to. Let's take that one step further. Uh, Kenny showed me the secret. We sat, dude. I got to give you props for this. Kenny sat me down on his couch back in 2000. Is that in the movie room? No, it was upstairs the first time I saw it. Okay. 2007, probably. Kenny sat me down on his couch. It was after I'd, I'd been through a, a rough breakup and he said, we're watching this show. And I'm like, okay. This was like when I was very <laughs> skeptical. This is me. This is when I was feeling like you, Marcus, super skeptical yeah. about anything personal development wise. Kenny was fortunate enough to be brought up around it, but he said, we're watching this. Sat down and watched The Secret. It was like an hour and a half, the full length movie. The what? The Secret. I don't know what that is. Oh, Keaton. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's. <laughs> we're going to baptize you in The Secret. Yeah, after we're, we're going to back up on that. The, so, guys, obviously, if you haven't heard The Secret, go back to episode one of this podcast. You can find The Secret on YouTube. Kenny shows me The Secret. And after I'm done watching it, and I look at it and I go, that's faith. Yep. I'm like, that's, I remember this. I'm like, dude, that's like, I was, I was like, I was so mad and so confused and so baffled as to why he would sit me down and watch me this, have me watch the show where I felt like the show was trying to like change what I thought was faith into like something different. That's really what you had run through your mind. No, I did. I felt like I'm, I, I was almost like, this I is, didn't this know is, that. This is borderline sacrilegious dude, because the law of attraction is faith. And so I started to kind of like grasp it and realize like, they're one and the same. Right. I have faith in God. I have faith that if I ask God a righteous desire, he's going to give it to me. And I just so happen to be in a position in my life where God knows that I'm capable of handling a lot and he gives me things faster than he used to. And so the, the secret talks about the law of attraction, putting it out in the universe. I believe that's a real thing, but I also believe that there's a spiritual component to it where the Lord knows what I want. And he knows that if I'm seeking something and it's a righteous desire, meaning I can use it for good to benefit my family, benefit my community, or if it's just genuinely going to make me happy, he's going to let me have it. So if you're a religious person, take a look at the law of attraction and realize that it's no different than just having faith. I have faith that, you know, when I get my wife pregnant, we're going to have a beautiful, healthy baby. And that's just the way the process goes. And we've had these beautiful, healthy babies. And that, I'm not saying that people who have, you know, like uh, difficulties with their pregnancies and their, you know, sick kids and stuff like that. I'm not saying you don't have faith. I'm simply saying that when you focus on the positive and you focus on what you want, nine times out of 10, you're going to get the positive and you're going to get what you want. That doesn't mean that God's not going to throw us challenges and trials and obstacles in our way, but he only does that because we're no, he knows we're strong enough to be able to like power through that. And it's going to make him, you know, it's very true when they say, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There's a lot of truth to that. So, so Dave, Dave is somebody who has this unique ability to have that laser focus when he really wants something. But I was watching my son ride his four-wheeler last night as I was thinking about how, how important it is to focus on what it is you do want. My daughter, I think she was really tired. She'd kind of just got done crying and she was mad about something. Oh yeah, we didn't go to do the swings. We went on this four-wheeler ride. So anyway, I'm watching Truman and he's driving and uh, he's on the sidewalk and he looks, he kept looking back to us and different things. And every time he'd look back, he would swerve like significant. And I kind of just watched him do it uh, for a little bit. And, and I told him, Hey, look where you're going. Remember, focus on the direction you want to go. And that's where you'll steer. 
I think it's a, a pretty simple analogy that if you are looking all around or what other people think of you or these other things versus, you know, when, when he's racing his sister or something, trust me, he's not looking around. He's focused exactly on where it is he wants to go and he doesn't crash. Well, a couple of minutes later, he kept looking around. He ended up rolling his foil. He was fine. He had his helmet on, whatever. But it was easy at that point to pick him up and tell him, remember how when you were focused on going down the hill and where you wanted to go, you didn't swerve or crash or, you know, wreck. If you can look at what you really want and focus on that, sure, you may have some distractions. Sure, you got to take a look, make sure cars aren't coming, those kind of things. But if you start to put those things in motion, it's wild to me how often and how many things come together. Uh, I've had massive um, things just go into motion and you can't even believe it when it happens. Like I put some pretty crazy goals together, especially in my business where it almost seems unrealistic, right? Like something that I could achieve in like three months and a day or two later, granted, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to our business. And we're always moving in a direction, but when you have a lot of momentum, and then things kind of start to fall in place. It's not a coincidence. It's, it's the universe. It's the world. It's God. It's others around you and surrounding yourself with good people who put the things at the right place. But you also had to be prepared, right? Like I had to know that that's what I wanted so that as those things came together, you, you can literally take a step back, understand and appreciate and have that gratitude and then set another goal. And keep going and keep building on it. And I love this podcast because it does allow us to get around the room and share experiences and lessons. And I get as much out of this as I'm sure anybody else does. All of us do. Every single one of us does. It's my favorite. Let me ask you a question. You guys have all seen me fly a helicopter, right? How am I as a pilot? Do you honest feedback? I love flying with you. So I feel like I'm a a good pilot. I feel like I've got really good control of the helicopter. Do you guys know where I look when I'm flying? Where you want to go? At your text messages. <laughs> when, I, when I'm not texting and flying. Where am, where am I looking when my eyes are out the window? The horizon. I'm on the horizon. Yeah. Where am I looking when I'm riding my dirt bikes, riding single track? Out in front to see if anything you're going to hit How far anything. though? I don't know. Pretty far. Watch this. I know you guys ride. One of the biggest mistakes I made when I first started riding um, dirt bikes and then also racing trophy trucks and everything else, I would focus 10, 15, 20 feet ahead of me trying to see, is that a rock? Is that a rock? The problem with that is you'll then get fixated on the targets. It's you called target down. fixation. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll hit it. Oh yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. not only will you slow down, you go exactly where you're, you're looking. Exactly. You so go exactly where I you're heard, looking. I heard, I don't I can't remember where I heard it. I think it's a pretty common thing guys talk about, but when you ride, take a look a hundred, 150, 200 feet up the trail from you and focus on where you're going. Do not focus. And it's a scary feeling. When you start riding and ripping up a trail and there's all kinds of obstacles around you and you're not focused on them, you're like, I'm going to bang my knee. I'm going to bang my toe. I'm going to hit something. Dude, you don't. Dude, I you heard- look down the trail 150 feet, you just figure out that you got to get there and your body, your mind, and everything subconsciously gets you there without hitting all the dumb obstacles in the way. It is mind-blowing. Yeah, it is. If you ride dirt bikes or go off-road or anything, try it. Go do it. Don't look at the obstacles. Don't look at the rocks. Don't look at the stump. Don't look at any of that stuff. Whether you ride razors, race trucks, dirt bikes, look further down the trail and all of a sudden you'll be like, wow, I'm a better rider. I'm faster and I'm smoother. Dude, I heard this guy. I heard this guy 100%. I heard this guy at the gas station. I saw a truck uh, getting fuel that was all banged up on the side of it. I heard him telling someone in the gas station. He's like, yeah. So there was some construction and it was kind of tighter lanes, but um, anyway, I heard this guy saying to somebody in the gas station, he said, you know, oh yeah, I just was looking at that guardrail and that, you know, whatever the construction cement, uh, 
cones are, whatever the guard, the guardrail. He says, you know, I, I was staring at that guardrail. I sure, I, I knew sure enough, soon enough, I would hit that thing. And I'm thinking like, well, yeah, of course you did, man. That's what you were looking <laughs> at, you know? But I mean, it makes common sense. I mean, if, if someone would have told him, well, look further down the road, look at where you do want to go, not where you don't want to go. Right. That's, that's like, dude, it's so simple. It is so freaking simple. Look further, look towards the horizon. That's where you're going to start hitting these goals. That's where you're going to start making it. Like this does not apply to just driving or riding dirt bikes. It applies to literally everything. And if driving you are having, if you're starting your own small business or you're having problems at work and each day you wake up and you go like laser focus in on these little problems and these issues, your days are going to be really long and very unproductive. However, if you look at the end of the day and say, at the end of today, I need to accomplish these couple things. And you just think about how, like what your day is going to be like after you accomplish those goals. Dude, the thing, the problems pretty much solve themselves. Yeah. Keaton, you got a unique lifestyle right now. You have a, you don't technically have a job. You have a career in a bunch of different areas and you make money doing a bunch of different deals, but you don't really report to anybody nine to five. And you also don't necessarily have a company that you're constantly worrying about like cash flow. So talk to me about a day, like what does a day look for like for you? A guy like you, what do you wake up and what do you what is on your mind? Because you're obviously successful and you're obviously making great money. What does your day look like? So um, I always bought into the idea of multiple sources of income. I always did since I was younger. Right. Like no matter how much money I made in one job, I, you know, I didn't, it wasn't good enough. And That's realistically- your That's your family. Your yeah. brothers are the same way. Yeah, my brothers are the same way. Uh, honestly, like I, I've never really worked for anyone, even when I was here with you. Like it was just kind of doing my thing. Right. Like. I've never really worked for anyone. I've always owned businesses, but like today I, I am lucky enough to have a few businesses that I own um, that don't take all my time. The biggest one right now is the supplement company, um, the One Mission Nutrition, and it's blown up. It's been awesome. We haven't spent a dollar on advertising and we're doing almost, you know, quarter of a million dollars a month in sales. Yeah. And I don't have to do anything other than make posts and tell people that I want to give the troops free supplements. And it's been great. And it's a huge cash cow and it's awesome. I have great partners in Montana. Um, I also started that uh, Muscle Up Daily website, which has been awesome. Most people don't know this. I was a personal trainer from the time I was 19 until about 29. I owned a gym um, and I've owned a few personal training companies, but the same thing, the personal training website is nine bucks a month and you get access to everything you need access to. And I've had hundreds of people sign up. Same okay, thing. Do this for me. Step back and talk to me step by step what a productive day for you looks like. I'm talking, how much did you eat that morning? What did you like? Talk to okay, me about so, your daily routine. So so usually I get up. So obviously I've got companies and companies that I'm dealing with. And I kind of, I learned this from you actually. I put out fires that are the biggest and then work <laughs> my way down. Yeah. Um, but I get up. I always start my day off with spending time with my daughters. And then I go straight to the gym. I I have to start my day off with going to the gym. I do not, do not wake up early. I hate getting up early. It's something that I never wanted to do. And I did it for 10 years to get to where I am. So I won't do it anymore. So I get up when I damn well please, which is usually about 7.30, 8 o'clock. Which is still respectable. Yeah. I was going to say that's actually pretty early for me. No, but I don't, I I just don't like, you know, any earlier than that, I won't do it. Um, And I automatically go right into how can I make money today mode? Um, most people know this. I take on side builds and I do a lot of builds with people. And that's what I enjoy doing more than anything else. And that's what I do most of my time. 
I do between seven to 15 builds um, a year with people. And those builds fluctuate anywhere from $50,000 to $250,000. And those builds are pretty much just me getting to paint a picture on somebody's somebody's vehicle. You know, you're you're paying me to to paint you a picture on your vehicle. And and I spend a lot of time in the day doing that. You're not actually like painting pictures. You're you're creating... You're helping their dream become a reality. You I mean, it's not like a 1970s like uh, panel van with no windows? No. With, like a it's mural on the side? It's not that. But essentially, people come to me and say, hey, I want you to create something that has a wow factor that's cool and reliable and fun. And so I do. Um, so I spend a lot of the time doing that. Um, and right out of the gates, I get home from the gym and I automatically go into- What do you do for breakfast? Um, I fast until one o'clock every day. Oh, you do? I always fast. In fact, right now, as of today, I'm doing a 72 hour fast. I do a lot of fasting, (sighs) mostly because I eat a lot, but also to fast on a 72 hour fast actually helps you regenerate a lot of things in your body and helps you to become healthy. So I do that. I don't advise people to do that because I don't think a lot of people mentally are strong enough to go 70. I mean, that's three days without food. That's a lot. You're talking like headaches and jitters and like yeah, but all that goes away after 20 to 30 hours. Like that goes away, and you actually don't even be hungry. But besides that, so I don't eat until one. Um, I usually eat fairly healthy, but I eat a lot of food. Um, and then throughout the day, I honestly am text message, phone calls, conference calls. Uh, I spend a lot of time on Instagram with messages with people that want to either you know make, build something, make something, do something where I can make money from it. Like for example, someone saying, Hey man, I want you to come out to California and I want you to do this event for me. It's $10,000, you know, for a day, yada, yada, yada. Okay, cool. Sign me up. So anything that I can do essentially to make, do you have an agent or do you do that all yourself? No, I do everything myself. I don't believe in an agent. I think it's stupid. Not, none of yeah. us have agents. Yeah, we, we should. We're, we're yeah. high level enough where we really should. At this point, we would have deals coming to us. But I, I just, I have this thrill. I seek like wanting to do things and doing it by myself and making the money that otherwise I couldn't. I, I take a step back when it comes to like house stuff because like my buddy Roger, everybody knows Roger. He's a realtor. I don't necessarily know if realtors are huge and what they need, but, and I think I could do it by myself. I absolutely do. And I'm looking at Kenny while I'm saying it. (laughs) Um, but, but outside of, I would say a realtor, I would like to do everything I can by myself. I don't want uh, an agent. I don't want someone doing like making money off of me doing something. If that makes sense, I would rather do it myself. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, like I would love to have some guy do 15 things and then make $10 from me, or I could just do it myself and make the $150. You know what I'm saying? So I spend every day, all day doing stuff like that. I, I, I'm probably no different than Dave, and I get text messages, phone calls, messages all day, every day. I, like everybody at this table, am a hustler. I will do anything I possibly can to hustle, make money, be successful, get what I want, depending obviously on the vision board. You know what I'm going to challenge you to do? I'm going to ask you to do something for our viewers. Will you do a vlog? And I don't know what a vlog is. It's a video blog. Basically, I want you to have your brother Chase. Chase is a phenomenal, like, shout out to Chase, by the way. Chase and Cameron, um, your two brothers, they worked for me for a while. Just good dudes, like, and uh, Caden. Yeah, Uh, and hustlers. I dealt with Chase and Cameron more, but just straight up hustlers, good dudes, always chipper, like always into something new and exciting. So shout out to Chase and Cameron if you guys are listening. Um, But you should have Chase follow you around for a week and document the good, bad, and the ugly. Just like you waking up, 
you making breakfast. Like vlogs are I'd very popular. Vlogs, yeah. are, vlogs are very popular. You should do it because you, you, I, I'm just barely getting into starting a podcast. I haven't even done it yet. I feel I've like, been, a, dude, honestly, a vlog would be more effective for you than you a think? podcast. It's better. It's time better spent. I just don't even know what a vlog is. Dude, it's just it's basically like a YouTube. Thing. It's just recording you doing you. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's just a camera rolling. It's like what a reality, a real reality TV show would be. Uh, I think people would love to see like, the struggles and the good and the up and down, like as you're making phone calls to people, like I know you had a, some drama about a, a build the other day that you were actually paying to get done. Yeah. Follow some of that stuff, you know, being sensitive to some of the people that you're working with, but people would love to see the ups and the downs because I think a lot of times our viewers and our listeners see the good and they're like, it's too good. Like I can't get to that point because like, it's not real. These guys aren't showing us the, the, the raw. Oh, yeah. And most people don't ever really see the bad. Like, cause you don't, I mean, you, you're just as well as anybody here. Like no one wants to be like, Hey man. So today I sat and cried for four hours cause I lost a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't know? show, I don't show the negative, but I do like to show people my struggles and my real like moments. Like yeah. to me, that's a big deal. That's, that's huge for me. And I think that's why I have a lot of like loyal fans and followers because I think what you hopefully they know that what they see is what they get yeah. for the most part. Um, Can I jump in on there for a sec? Yeah. So, you, you know, all this stuff's been going good and, and it's not all been good, but the things that are bad that used to just destroy me don't have any effect on me anymore. Like Hero. when we were at the heavy Academy and we were doing your event and I was setting up for it the day before I had a crew that was driving out to California and in Elko, Nevada lost a transmission. Right. And usually that would have just freaking destroyed I me. I used that to would get the have, phone calls. Yeah. And that would ruin me. There was a couple of social media posts, you know, angry phone F&A, calls. Dude. Yeah, and, I and, and, and I made a plan <laughs> within an hour and dude, it just doesn't bother me like it used to. And so not all, it's not like you lose all of your moments where like things go bad, but I think you just learn how to deal with them better through all this. Does yeah, that make sense? It becomes solution focused rather yeah. than focusing on the problem. You, you, like you just said, you made a plan. Yeah, I mean that that transmission cost me five grand in Elko, Nevada. <laughs> Usually, I'd have been like, I would have been slugging holes in walls, and and it just it, it felt like when you're you know when you're focusing on all this stuff and all the good, it's not like all the bad goes away. You just find when those moments that come up that are bad come up, it's like you find better ways to deal with. Yeah, it. it's, all, it's all about energy, though. Yeah, you have energy. You determine whether it's good or bad. All right, just like your phone batteries. Your phone battery starts to go down. Look at what you spent your phone battery doing that day. You Did chewing you, on pistachios? I am or, chewing on uh, pistachios. Yeah, these pistachios. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, chewing in the mic here, guys. When you look at your phone battery, go back and look at the report for the day. What did you spend your time doing? If you had a bad day, you probably spent your time on social media, scrolling. You may have done unproductive things. When you had a good day, you were probably writing emails. You were pretty, you're, you're like literally, it'll tell you your battery percentage was in there doing emails, doing like productive things. It's no different than in real life. You could take and use that energy and be super pissed off. And I know you had a tendency to do that in the past. You're, yeah. you're a fiery dude. Like you're not, you're less of a hothead now than you used to be because the only different, the only thing that's changed is your energy's not different. You've just used it differently. You, you still have the same amount of energy. Yeah, you're but just you know, now channeling it correctly. Yeah, you know what the thing is though that I've learned or at least that I've gotten to and especially when I hang out with you is you get to a point where you don't even have enough time for that shit. Right. Like like I got 46 things I'm trying to accomplish this week and a transmission goes. You think I got time to sit and worry about the transmission anymore? I don't, right? They had a gig the next day in California so I had to worry about it. I had to get them there. Luckily, you know, I don't think you know this but you guys let me borrow a truck. So, that's, dude, so that's, thank that's, you. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? I just, to me, problems are like this, just solve, 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 solve. Yeah. It's, it's like, 
it's on autopilot. And you get to the point where I always call it putting out fires. Yeah, I'm the best damn fireman in town. I get here, bam, fire, 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 put them out, move on to the next thing because that allows me to get to the productive stuff and the creative stuff and the fun stuff. You ask me all the time, like anytime drama goes down at the office or, you know, with deals or whatever you ask me, what do I say? I don't have time for that. How quickly do I move past it? Way past. It's awesome. I'll give you an answer. I'll tell you what the deal is and I'll move past it. I just don't have the time or the energy for it, nor do I want to focus on that. But the truth is no one does. Right. But the reality of what we put in our minds is that, oh, I got to spend all my time. I mean, listen, your, your business has doubled. Your business is going to quadruple in the next year or two years, whatever, yes, right? Yeah. And there will be a point when you're going to look back and go, I didn't have time then. I don't have time now to worry about that shit. I mean, I know it's a problem, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not downgrading anybody's issues or problems or concerns. But what I will say is if, like, like Kenny says, if you just keep looking forward, you don't have enough time to stay in the pit that you fell in. Yep. You're so quickly moving towards that goal that you you're going to hit pits of snakes and all these fears you don't have enough time to wallow in the sorrow you have to continually keep moving forward and the aggression and, and let, let, let me ask you guys this when somebody does something to you that you know is wrong and you know they're wrong and you're not good with it are you okay with them thinking that what they did is right meaning are you just, you should move on and just not even say anything and just and just Wait, just let, let me, them here, here here like let me specify yeah if somebody does something that you they, that affects you in a bad way and you know that it was wrong and you know that they know it was wrong how important it is to you to be able to explain to that person that what they did is wrong time out hold on let me let me ask you this are you okay so i'm hearing two things one of them is do you are you okay, or do you feel the need to explain to them why what they did was wrong, or are you saying are you okay with living the fact that you can't change everybody? So let me let me ask you this. Let me answer it. Let <laughs> me. Answer are you okay with people thinking they're right when you know they're wrong? Let me answer. Oh. It. Let me answer it. <laughs> the old me wanted to explain until Boom. I was blue in the face, and then hold on, then I wanted to broadcast it all over every. <laughs> damn network in America that that piece of shit yep. did it wrong. Yep. Guess what it is now? I don't give a shit. That's it, dude. That I've been, right I've been incorporating your thing where you just pretend like it's not even there. Yep. Like, dude, that has changed a lot of things. Like when I used to be like, I would go to war. Dude, you know what I mean? I would, I would, I would suit up and I would I go to the that. front lines. Yep. And now it's just, it doesn't even exist. You know where that hurt me the most? In my marriage. I, Ashley and I, we don't fight a lot. We've had a great marriage, but there'd be times where I felt like she was wrong. She felt like she was right. And I did not, like I would not, my life, my life would literally go on hold until I could go back and show her that, no, you were wrong. And I did this, I did, I used to do this a lot. I had a really hard time with people, with allowing people to think that they were right when I know they did something wrong. I got to the point in my life where I just said, you know what? It doesn't matter. And how freeing well, is that? Bro, it changes your entire life. Everything. So if you're listening to this and you're in a position where somebody's done you wrong or they've done something where it's just like, I gotta, I gotta let that person know that that's not okay. Guess what? Dude, for, it doesn't matter. For me, there's a few key things to what you just said. Dave, if you spend that time and energy on trying to explain to them how they did something wrong, do they actually usually acknowledge it? And no. I mean, at the end of the day, does it even matter? Because perception is reality. If they perceive they're right, even if you are right and you're factual and all these things, 
what is what good is going to come of it, right? Okay. So, well, politics would tell you that it doesn't. You're you're that doesn't even make sense, it doesn't, right? Exactly. There's no reason to argue it. But this is the other thing. You guys got me thinking about something. Have you guys ever heard of um, analysis paralysis? Yes. Yep. Okay. That was something I only thought applied to like, um, so I do investments. I buy properties, you know, every day. I have to analyze something to, to realize, is this a good deal? Is this a good opportunity, right? And the, the more you do it, the better you get at, quicker you can make a decision. Well, you also benefit by making those quick decisions. If you're educated and, you know, you specialize in that thing, you actually get better deals. You can, you can do things quicker and, and more opportunity comes to you, right? I've had friends that they get analysis paralysis. I've already bought a property. They've been thinking about buying and underwriting and all those kind of things. And how much that holds you back? Well, what I didn't realize is that there were times that I was having that paralysis because I wasn't looking at things in a way that, hey, you know what? People's perception is the way it is. Rather than trying to change it, what if you kind of play to it. Meaning it can, if they see everything as you're handing them an orange and you keep trying to hand them an apple, they're not going to take it. So then hand them an orange, right? Like yeah. it was interesting to me to see that because I have a lot of employees and I love working with the people I work with, but there's been times that I'll say something and then I'll ask you, okay, so what did you hear me say? And they'll literally say something different than what I just said. Right. And it, is it, am I right? Or are they right? Well, at the end of the day, I need them to understand what I'm sharing with them. Right. So I have to change the message, right? At the end of the day, if I wanted this thing done a certain way and I explained it a certain way and they're not going to do it the way I want them to, I'm going to explain it this way and that way and come at it from different angles because hopefully when I ask them again, you know, so what did you hear me say? I don't care how they receive the message and as long as they receive it and they can do what it is my end goal is, right? So what is the end goal? Well, I just need this thing to get done. Do I really care how many times I had to explain it or differently? And nobody's right. It's just, is, does this thing need to be done? Yes. And maybe I have to explain it three or four or five so, different times, but. Here's what I did. Rather than trying to go back and prove to people that they were wrong and I was right, I just started doing the right thing. Like it made it. so much more sense for me to just go do what I thought was right and do my thing. And then all of a sudden people started following my lead and they're like, Oh, okay, well that makes sense because you're proving to me rather than telling me, uh -huh. you're just showing me why what you're saying makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it just became so much easier. I'm sorry guys. I'm eating pistachios and having dinner. Um, but here's where we're at. Marcus, what are we out in time? We're at exactly an hour. So guys, our goal here, since we're way behind on content and we apologize, been a crazy couple months and it's going to just continue to get crazier. Um, for those of you who don't know, on um, exactly about five, six days from now, I'm going to be breaking a world or setting a world record by jumping my monster truck over a flying airplane. Um, we're going to be hosting a two hour live TV special on Discovery Channel on um, Memorial Day. So, May 27th, Keaton and I are going to be hosting it along with Diesel Dave. It's going to be like record breaking, making history, and we're doing it as a tribute to the uh, military. And we're giving away a truck on live TV. We're breaking a couple of other records, so that's got us really tied up, super busy, got a lot going on. But it's 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 good, it's fun. So I hope you guys can all tune into that. Um, we're going to wrap this podcast up with a couple of uh, checklist items that I feel like are very important. Um, like I said, we've kind of been all over the map tonight, but sometimes, guys, we just want you to sit here and kind of like we may say things that you were thinking that you didn't quite know how to say or put into words. And hopefully we've done that for you. I feel like uh, that's been a powerful thing. I do challenge you, Keaton, to do a vlog of your life to show people a little bit of how, what your daily hustle actually looks like. 
Because you can talk about it until you're blue in the face, but until people actually see like your morning face waking up and like, <laughs> like you know what I'm talking about? Like it, there's a lot of, it's real, dude. Yeah. Uh, one of my good buddies, Logan Paul, uh, he's famous online uh, for vlogging. Logan and Jake Paul, very controversial, very polarizing in a lot of ways. People love them or hate them. I love the kids because they're marketing geniuses. This is what they do for a living. And they've made millions and millions and millions of dollars showing their lives, vlogging you know, carrying a camera around. So I, I, I'm going to challenge you to do that for even just a couple of days, put it online and just, you know, deal with, deal with what people think about it. I think people would really love to see it though. Cause you're an interesting dude, Marcus, um, you, I think it'd be important to, to kind of start showing a little bit more on your social media, like some of the big transformations. I know you've kind of been putting it out there a little bit. You've been showing some, you know, before and afters get more aggressive with that. Yeah. I think our listeners want to see Do you. Like, I just don't want to get to the point where people, because here's the thing. I have this struggle like, yo, it's good. And I want everyone to do it. Right. But I don't want everyone to think that I'm just like bragging about it. Can Does it that hurt make anybody sense? sharing your, your awesome progress? Can it hurt anybody? I don't think so. No, people, then do it. There brother. may be a it handful of people who are like, oh, he's bragging, but you don't want those people in your circle anyways. Yeah. The people who matter and the people who are going to be affected by it are going to be like, damn, that's genuinely like, dude, look how many people commented on your post about you being above the house. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, I just want to say thank you to everybody for that because I didn't realize how many people were following what I was doing and the support like behind that was really, really, really cool. Yeah. So you know pe what? people That's... get behind it and they support because as you succeed and do better, that's helping them because they're going to take little tidbits of what you're doing and they're going to implement it in their own life and they're going to be able to buy that house. They're going to be able to get that, you know, get in shape. It's just like, it's, it's real and people want to see real. The final thing I'm going to ask everybody to do, and this is a checklist item. Have you guys ever heard of free form writing? Yeah, I have. It's basically a glorified way of saying keeping a journal. I am not a journal keeper. I like am probably the worst in here. I my handwriting is sloppy. It's all over the place. Me too. But one thing I was I heard recently um, in some audio I was listening to was uh, do some freeform writing. Take five minutes, just to dedicate at least five minutes a day to doing this. And so I started doing it, guys. It's basically pulling out a piece of paper and writing out your thoughts of that day. It basically kind of turns into a journal. Dude, I started doing this and I started writing things down that I didn't even know I felt or thought. They were in front of me on paper. And then as the, as the conversation in my head started to like, because you're not impressing anybody, you're not writing a note to anybody other than yourself. So you become brutally honest with yourself and brutally transparent. Dude, I wrote some things down the other day that <clears throat> regarding my family life and my kids that I knew was important but I didn't realize how important it really was to me and how much it really affects me. And then, you know, <laughs> it's basically talking about spending time with my kids because, you know, before I knew it, my daughter, Charlie's now seven yep. and, um, she knows who dad is and what dad does. And like, I ha like she knows who I am now. And I, now she remembers, like, remember, you, you remember the age you got to mm -hmm. when all of a sudden you're like, I remember everything from mm -hmm. that age on. She's to that age. Yeah. And so I started writing these things down. Guys, do it. Take five minutes a day and start journaling. Yeah. I call it free form writing. It's basically just, dude, I don't care what the format is. I don't care what your punctuation is. I don't care what your spellings look like. Just start writing. Start with a certain time. If you're going to write it tonight, start with this morning. Say, today I woke up and, you know, I was, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll give you my day. What did I do? Oh, today I woke up. I was super excited because I got this new gym over at my hangar. I went over there. I started working out. Had a great workout. My buddy Kenny showed up. Next thing you know, I'm having even a better workout than I could have ever expected. Then my buddy Ben, who's a helicopter pilot I haven't seen forever, showed up. We had to work out together. Guys, I'm telling you, as you start writing these things down on paper, 
A, it's really good for posterity to be able to have a journal and see like, um, you know, who you are and what you did. But I never really understood the value until I started doing it more recently. You're basically just putting your thoughts in front of yourself and you're reading your own advice. It is, dude, it is, it is powerful. powerful to read what you write and knowing it came from you. There's something to that. Your body will start writing things that you didn't even know were in your head. Your, your hand will literally start writing things that you're like, holy shit, how did I get here? I'm telling you, it's, it's one of the coolest things I've been doing recently, um, and I'm going to continue to do it. I'm probably four days deep on staying consistent with it, and I am feeling really good. Like I'm, I'm loving it. So that's so funny. Uh, do it. I mean, I guess you can type it if you need to. Typing is is not my forte. I like to just write. Keaton, you have beautiful handwriting. You should be doing it. That's a fun fact. You have great handwriting. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, you've happens. got terrible handwriting, like yeah. me. Yeah, we're twins. Um, in that. Marcus, I can't remember what your handwriting looks like. That's right there. It's pretty good. You know, he writes okay. like in all caps. I just got sometimes. on Amazon and ordered a journal. Do it. See my order. Can do I it. do just take one second? I don't have a lot of followers. I keep my Instagram private. But those of you guys who have messaged me, I just want to thank you because there's been some really quality, well thought out, long, awesome messages and they're heartfelt. And I love that. Like I may not have a ton of time, uh, you know, depending on when I got the message or whatever. Um, but, and I've bounced back, you know, messages here and there with people and I don't have following like these guys, but the people who have sought me out, I know you had to try to find me or whatever. Um, and then the messages you sent, that is awesome. So thank you for doing that. And it, it actually, you know, it does something for you different when it's somebody that's a stranger in Ohio or whatever than like the people in my circle who say things. And it means a lot, but a stranger, thank you turn, for sharing. Turn that into a checklist item. Okay. What? Turn it into a checklist item. You're saying something that really helped you tell people how they can do it and they can affect their own lives. Uh, reaching out to people and, and sharing their stories, their successes, their, their, or how, how you've been affected by somebody. If somebody's affected you, tell them. Got it. Yes, I love that. That is so good, Dave. Like, that's, I love that. Dude, I try to tell, like, I don't do it enough, but I feel like I, I, I try. Like, when my buddies do things that are valuable to me, I make it very clear. Like, Keaton, you know, let me and my wife hang out at this house the other night. He was gone out of town. He's got a badass house with a hot tub sauna. We're living in a condo right now where we're building our new house. And so it's like, uh, any chance I can get, we get out of there. And we just went and trashed his house <laughs> and had the, had the greatest time. And, uh, and I, you know, obviously was very grateful to him for that. But if people make an impact on you, even if it's a simple thank you, do it. Because I promise you, as you start doing that, the universe is going to be like, oh, this dude's grateful. This, yeah. this, this, this guy appreciates the good stuff that he's getting. We're going to give him more of that. I love that. It's magic, guys. That's all the only way to put it. It puts it's you magic. in the best mood. They say uh, gratitude is the most powerful emotion. Yeah, write a thank you note, I guess, the best way to put it. Um, or you know, take it one step further and tell somebody how their actions have affected you in a positive way. Keaton, is there anything you want to add to the checklist tonight? Um, yeah, I would say the biggest thing, well... Kenny's flexing. No, don't flex. I would say the biggest thing is you genuinely need to believe in a vision board and being able to create whatever the hell you want to create. Right. Like that's a checklist thing. You need to believe that you can create and whatever the hell you want. To create. I'm going to take that one step further for you. Determine what type of person you are. If you are a, <laughs> if you are a very visual person like I am, yeah. go get yourself some damn poster board down at the Kinko's and cut and paste and put this thing somewhere where you can visually see it. I've been really, really reluctant to put my vision board online, but I think I'm finally going to do it. I want to show people. I'm going to put my older one on there. Um, I will. Dude, it is. 
I looked at it again the other day. Dude, the floor plan to my house that I that I put on there 10 years ago when I was a poor white boy with literally mm-hmm. like nothing. Dude, even the floor plan I'm building, I didn't even realize this. It's almost identical. Dude, is that not the craziest thing? I know I've talked about this, that I came home one day after going to Les Brown. Cole took me for my 30th birthday. And I remember driving up to my house and seeing what looked like my vision board when I was 12 years old. My house, the vehicles, the toys, and everything out front. It was the craziest thing. Isn't it just so powerful? I mean, I've had little things, but to see like almost my whole vision board in a setting yep. is powerful. Have you guys seen my vision board? I'm going to bring, I have I'm gonna bring it down right after this and show you. So we're going to wrap this podcast up. Did you want to add anything, Marcus? No, man. I'm just stoked to be here, man. This is We've missed a couple weeks, and, right. and this is... This is like uh, really good for me. We're actually, we're going to record back to back tonight. We're going to do another episode where we're going to do full Q&A. Basically, we have put out uh, some feelers to our fans and we are going to call you. We're going to talk to you. We're going to talk about real world situations, real world problems. Here's the deal, guys. We're not Dr. Phil. We're not uh, Jesus. We can't call you and solve all your problems, but we can give you a lot of experience and a lot of uh, feedback based off of real world things that we've gone through. So that's what you can expect on the next podcast. It's going to be pretty much full Q&A conversations with real life people. So look forward to that one. After you're done listening to this, bump up to the next one because what episode are we on? 18? Uh, yeah, I think it is 18. This is 18. And we're going to be recording 19 here in a minute. And guys, uh, we're going to do our best to get more content. We do have some really, really great interviews coming up soon that I've been coordinating. Uh, one, for example, that I know Marcus is really excited Jesse about. Jesse James. Jesse James, oh, West Coast Choppers. Oh um, my goodness. Good, good buddy of mine. I love Jesse. He is amped, really excited to be on the show. Um, and we're actually going to start traveling to some of these different spots and, and interviewing some of these high profile people. Mike Tyson reached out to me the other day. He wants us to be, uh, he wants to do a podcast with us. The only thing I'm concerned about is he smokes a lot of pot. None of us smoke weed. So, Hey, we'll just bring Shane. They race pigeons together. (laughs) We'll do some pigeon racing. He'll be high. We'll be sober and we'll see what happens. Um, so guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting this project. This has been life-changing for us. Hopefully it is for you. Um, if it has created value for you, please share it with a friend and a family member, share it with your wife, share it with your husband, share it with somebody who you might not think be into it because you will be blown away at what, how much of an impact this really has on people that you might not think would even care about it. So do it. We love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Nice.